0: Hello, everybody. This is Michelle again. Hey, I am still up at the cottage. I'm still having some reflection and some um, really just delving deep into the work that I've done the last six months and the, the work that I want to do in the next six months. I'm having so much fun. Um, and also, gosh, I got to be honest with you. I've taken several naps I've slept in, I went to bed late one night, like as in almost to midnight, which I've never, you know, since I've had kids, rarely ever happens. Um, I've sat out in the sun, I've taken some walks, I put my feet in the lake. Um, I've so enjoyed my time. And it really got me thinking about this idea of self-care and how important You know, what I've been doing here, honestly, is really kind of casting vision and planning for the future. Right. And the flip side of that is I've been taking care of myself. So I, you know, have been just doing the things that I want to do. And both of those things are really, really important. And so as I was looking through everything, I, th- I found a recording we did not too long ago on self-care and I wanted to share that with you. So as you listen, um, just be thinking on for yourself, you know, if you, um, what are some things that you can do to take care of yourself and, and really think about it, okay? If you were to think about what is one thing I could do that, number one, I want to do and number two, that really fills me up, what would that be? And then put that in your calendar. I encourage you in the next three to five days, put that in your calendar. Okay? Some people will, will look at, you know, Michelle, oh my gosh, you took three days away from, you know, your family, your business, and, and you're just like hanging out at a cabin. <laughs> you know, how, how can you do that? Um, when in reality, it's so important. It's so important for me. And quite frankly, I have to do it because it's going to help you too. All right, so with that, enjoy this recording on self-care. Um, I hope you take a nugget or two away from, from it, and I look forward to hearing from you in the future about how you like to take care of yourself. Awesome. Be well.
1: All right, well, welcome, everybody. This is Friday, May 4th. Uh, may the 4th be with you, so to speak. Um, so I got to tell you a few things before we get going here uh, and then you'll understand a little bit more about why I chose the topic for today's call um, this is the leader's call Friday morning um, and so I had some interesting things develop this week um, and basically without telling you the whole story I have an injury a pretty significant injury um, I can still work but um, it's Yes, it's an injury. I'll just leave it at that. Um, And as I was kind of working on that this week, I thought, hmm, what should my topic be? And I really wasn't coming upon it until I realized, looking at my schedule, I will be in 22 different cities before June 1st. Um, And so some of you I'm going to see today for a special event for the vision retreat that I host. Um, Some of you hopefully I'll see tomorrow at an event I'm doing in Traverse City. Um, and I know some of you I'm going to see next week when we do the leadership series day two in three different cities. So um, if you see me, make sure you come up and say hi. And also, just give me an idea of you know what are what are these calls doing for you? How are they helping you? Uh, I really like some feedback as far as that goes. Um, so I thought you know with all this travel and with my injury and. Um, with how life goes, I thought, hmm, leaders might need to know something about self-care. So that's really the topic today is self-care. You know, leaders really need to make sure that they are caring for themselves because we hold the vision of where we're going as a team, and we're the encouragers for other people, and our energy is their energy. And so if we don't take care of ourselves and have that high-energy um, kind of lifestyle, then it's really hard for our followers to uh, develop that on their own. So I began thinking, okay, well, what can I share easily about self-care? Um, several years ago, I read a book by Dr. Henry Cloud. If you don't know him, you need to get to know his work. He is a psychologist turned into a business consultant. Um, so, and, but I love his work because he has very easy ways of explaining his concepts. And so, what I'd like to share with you today is his idea of four corners, um, four corners connection. So, we're going to draw a very simple diagram. Those of you that know me know that if we're drawing anything, it's got to be simple. Uh, and so, I'd just like you to draw a, a square on your paper. And in the top left-hand corner, you're gonna put the number one, and the top right-hand corner, the number two, the bottom right-hand corner, the number three, and the bottom left-hand corner, the number four. So you have one, two, three, four. And in the middle, you can just write the word connection. Okay, so this is the four corners connection. So he kind of uses an analogy that people, as we're kind of um, communicating with each other, we're always in one of these four boxes. Um, He says it's like a a cell phone. You know, if you don't have any reception, you're, you're not going to be connecting, right? If you have a bad connection, you're not going to be able to hear one another. So you really want to have open lines of communication and connection. And so what I'm going to share with you today can be both for building and developing relationships as well as kind of understanding where you are at, which corner you're at um, in your own life, okay? So let's get going. All right, so corner number one. Um, And if you prefer, you can put your notes inside your square, or if you didn't make your square big enough, just put it off to the side, whatever makes your heart happy. So corner number one is no connection. So there's absolutely no connection there, okay? It's like your two cell phones are dead. Um, there's no no possibility of connection. In this corner, you have isolation. So it can be either by default or by design. So let me tell you what that means. Um, maybe you have a personality where you're a little more introverted, Um, Maybe you're a little more task-oriented and not as people-oriented. And so this is kind of a a default setting that when you are walking through life, you prefer to be by yourself, okay? It's not necessarily a bad place to be. Um, It's just an isolated, alone place. Um, or, Or maybe as you're walking about your leadership experience, you're realizing that when you're in times of high stress, or maybe you're trying to make a hard decision, or you've made a hard decision and communicated that out, you can feel isolated from the group. Um, you either choose to step away or perhaps, you know, based on this hard decision, uh maybe maybe you're not the favorite in the office, let's say, okay? Um, or you know, the, the more that you go about in leadership, the more that you realize that working with other people is sometimes very hard and time-consuming, and you might need to step away a little bit just to kind of get your bearings again and maybe gather some patience to start working with people. Or some people, especially when you're new to leadership, have this idea or belief that I have to do it all by myself and so out of that belief they say "Oh, I've got to be in my office and I got to be doing this work or they might think if I'm not in my office doing all of this paperwork then I'm not really doing my job and so it's either by choice or by something kind of innate in us that makes us be alone um, now There's a couple questions I have for you about corner one. First of all, what makes you go to corner one? Are you that person that you're just like, I just prefer to be alone? Or does stress make you go there? Really think into that. What are the things that make you go to corner one? And then the next question is, what should make you go there? Or when should you go there? So there are some people who are never alone, and perhaps this is you, but we are made to have those times where we need to be alone. And so think about, is there a certain time of day or maybe a certain day of the week that you can pull away from the crowd and have some thinking time, some reflection time on what's going on in your life and in your work? Okay, so two questions. What makes you go there, and when should you go there? Okay, so in the corner number two. Um, you can label this corner a bad connection, a bad connection. So this is, especially in relationships, this is when there are issues, drama, Um, judgment, criticism, conflict, basically, you you know it when you see it, right? You can clearly tell in the moment, we are not connecting. This is a bad connection, right? There is static all over the place. And when you come into one of these bad connecting times, it can push you back to corner one, if that's your default, where you say, ah, yes, see, this is why I don't want to work with people. I'll just be isolated. Um, or it can push you to one of the other corners. And I'll share with you how you can do that intentionally. Um, I'm really not going to spend a lot of time on bad connection because I think most people understand <laughs> what it is or at least can identify it when you're there, right? Um, but I want to ask you, what are your particular triggers? So for example, um Many years ago, before I understand more about personalities and understood my family, the a trigger for me was when somebody had to win an argument. And that would make us have a bad connection every time. And now because I know more about my family and who they are and kind of what their needs are, and I've become more aware, it's not so much a trigger for me because I get it. I get where they're coming from. And I usually let most people in my family win any argument because it doesn't really matter. So what are your triggers that cause that bad connection? And what's your reaction to them? You know, sometimes you can be in that moment where you're having that, that bad connection and realize this isn't what you want and maybe even realize you know, my behavior right now or maybe what I'm saying, this isn't really what what I want either. But until you understand what your trigger is and what your default reaction is and maybe why that came, you can't fix it. And I'm going to share with you something that might seem a little weird at first. Some of you have probably heard me say this before, though you can't see something in someone else that isn't already in you. That's not how this works. So when you see somebody else who is trying to win an argument, that's because that is inside you. And the reason it bothers you is because you also wanna win the argument. Um, Any parent who's had children 10, 12, (laughs) 13 years, Understand that there are things that our kids bring up that we see in them, and we don't like it. Why don't we like it? Because there's something in us that's equally alike that we also don't like. So at this point, you can choose to, you know, here's this bad connection. You can say, oh, my gosh, this is this is terrible. Let me, you know, go be by myself. Or you can say, now, wait a minute. Here's an opportunity for growth. Here's an opportunity for me to understand a little bit about myself and where does this come from and why in the world is this bothering me? Okay? So for corner two, what are your triggers? What's your reaction to them? And what are you seeing in them that's also inside you? Corner number three. So corner number three, we label pseudo good. So pseudo is spelled P-S-E-U-D-O, pseudo good. So what does that mean? Pseudo good means it's it feels good in the moment, but it's not really good for you. So we think it's good, but it's not really good. Okay, so it's pseudo good. So this can be things, situations, habits, or people that make you feel good in the moment or maybe for a time, but they aren't good for you. So let me share some examples with you. Uh, My corner threes up until now have been isolation, uh, ice cream, (laughs) Netflix, and um, running. Now, Let me explain because some people say, well, you know, what's wrong with those? Well, hey, there's nothing wrong with them and each of them is healthy in moderation. But isolation is not healthy if you do it more and more and more. So for example, um, several years ago, there were times when I would, when I would try to make up excuses for my husband to take my kids somewhere so I could stay at home alone. Now, doing that every once in a while is not gonna harm anybody, but doing that every weekend, that's not good for me, and it's not good for my family, right? You know, eating ice cream is not bad. You can eat ice cream, but you can't eat a half a gallon of ice cream because you're you're stressed. Um, Watching Netflix, there's nothing wrong with watching Netflix, but if you continuously binge watch seasons of, you know, series on, on Netflix week after week after week. Well, maybe that's not so good, right? Um, so it's – it's, and running. Running, of course, is, is healthy, right? But what I was doing is I was running to get the stress out, but I was in pain. And I kept running. And so because of that, you know, I, I developed some injuries. Now, if I would have stopped, chose a different activity – then that would have been a healthy choice. So these things for me are a pseudo good connection because they're they're not bad. I just can't overindulge in them. Now why do we go to corner three? Because usually there's something there, um, you know, of course that makes us feel good. It's more of your addictive behaviors, right? Or um, how many of you have friends that you know aren't aren't the best friends for you, but yet you keep coming back to them for some reason? Um, These would be corner three friends. So first question is, what are your corner three things? So for example, um, do you like to gossip? Maybe you're a gossiper, and in the moment when you're gossiping, it feels really good, but it really doesn't help you. Or maybe you're addicted to drama. Some people are. They love the the high emotionality of it. Um, Are you a hypochondriac where, you know, it makes you feel good in the moment that you have some sort of illness or injury, um, but yet it's not good for you? Or maybe, how about this? Maybe it's overspending. Or maybe you have, you know, more of a drinking issue than is healthy for you. The point is that when you become aware of the corner threes for you, and especially when you go there, you can start to break the cycle. Um, So for a while, I just concentrated on noticing when I was doing a corner three behavior. So if I found myself isolated at home eating ice cream, watching Netflix, I said, ooh, I'm at corner three right now. And then I'd say, well, what do I really want? And I'd say, oh, I really want corner four. And I'll explain that in a minute. And I'd say, well, what do I need to do to kind of get out of this? And over time, I realized, even though I thought I was doing something good for me, it wasn't the best for me. Okay? So even though I felt it was good, it wasn't the best. So. List out as many corner threes as you can think of. And this one you might have to take a little bit of time on, but really be reflective and think about what are those things that, you know, are kind of my go-to things. And then what happens right before them and why? So what caused you to go to this corner three behavior? So, for example, for me, um, whenever I'm tired or lonely or some relational conflict has happened, I usually go to a corner three. Or maybe I've done something really well, and I want a reward, and so I go to a corner three. And it's not so bad, it's just you can't stay there. Does that make sense? Okay, so now we come up on corner four. Corner four is a true connection, T-R-U-E, true connection. So this is the corner that we really want. We want to have a true connection with other people and with ourselves. This is where um, the other person, let's say it's it's a corner four person, they are Honest with you. So they are not afraid to share with you something that might be a blind spot. Um, They're there to help you win. So they listen to figure out what is your win and they celebrate with you, which is huge. Even if things aren't going well for them, Corner Four people will celebrate with you. Um, They're very encouraging. And they they will uh, celebrate and grieve with you, okay? So they're there for you. Um, I'm sure you have a corner four person in your life. Um, some of you probably have multiple corner four people. For me, um, I realized a few years ago when I was going through this teaching, I really didn't have any corner four people. I had a lot of people that were friends, but nobody in my life that I really invited in, To say, you know, here, let me be honest with you. So I began to be on the lookout. So one of my corner four people is my mentor, um, and she kind of not only gives me advice about, you know, the professional world, but she asks really good questions. Um, And usually the questions come back to okay, Michelle, this is really great, but how is it going to affect you? How is it going to affect your family? You know, here are some things that you need to think about. And I truly value her input and her opinion because I know that she's just there for me. She has no agenda. Um, and so, you know, there have been times when, for whatever reason, something has happened and I will call her and say, oh, my gosh, I'm headed into this training, but this is where I'm at right now. And she'll kind of talk me off the ledge, you know, give me my support and encouragement, make me feel better, and then give me a good Swift kick in the rear <laughs> to get going and say, "Now go, go, be awesome, do your thing, and then afterwards i'll touch base with her that's a corner four person. Um, I also have a coach. I have a coach that I meet with on a weekly basis. Um, every coach should have a coach and and this person um, really is that corner four person. she knows my goals. And she listens closely to see is what I'm saying or doing or planning or developing going to fit in with that goal and she celebrates with me, she cries with me um, It's just a genuine relationship and then of course, there's my my ladies in my Bible study um, I've gotten to know them over the years, and they have their own support encouragement that they bring and I do um what I call spreading around the crazy. Um, so let's say I'm in a in a moment, right, or something is in my life that I'm trying to work through. I love that I have multiple people to support me because I can look at them and say, hey, you know, uh, so-and-so, this is what I'm dealing with. And then, you know, if I have a problem the next day, go to a different person and say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. And so I don't feel like I'm burdening any one person. Um But I'm very careful about who I bring my issues to because I only want them to be corner four people. And and here's a kicker. I want my husband to be a corner four person, but he's not there yet. Listen to what I'm saying because some of you are in this situation. I want my husband to be a corner four, supportive, encouraging um, person but he's not there yet, okay? He's just at a different awareness level. So when you're trying to kind of figure out who your corner four people are, don't put somebody on there that you think, of course, my husband will go on there, of course, my mother will go on there, of course, my best friend will go on there, just because you think that they should. Really think about who are the people that encourage and support you the most, and they should go on that list. Okay, now notice I said yet, right? Because I'm still cultivating my own awareness, and we're growing together, and I want him to be that corner four person for me, okay, okay, so first of all, you need to recognize which corner you're in in any moment because at any single moment you're in any one of these four corners, okay um. So let's say you're having a conversation with somebody at work. Um, It's going to be one of those corners, okay? Um, And then you can ask yourself, well, where do I want to be, okay, and how can I get there? So, for example, um, let's say I'm having a bad connection with my husband. So we're in corner two, and I realize, oh, I'm in corner two. I don't like this bad connection right now. Well, I know that my default is to go right to corner one because that's the isolation, and I want to get out of here, right? But I have to think about where do I really want to be? Well, I want to be at corner four, having that true connection. So then I ask myself, well, how can I get there? Maybe I need to say something or not say something. Uh, Maybe I need to be more transparent. Sometimes the answer is to back off to corner one for a time. Sometimes the answer is, I need to be open and honest and share this, right? So just asking yourself, where am I at right now? Where do I want to be? And how can I get there? Um, When I'm in a corner three and I recognize it now, um, I'm a little faster on the draw because I've been practicing this for a few years. Um, And I recognize I don't want one or two. I always want to shoot for corner four. And so if I'm in at home alone doing my thing, I'll start texting people because that will kind of bring me out of my corner three. Um, and when I'm in corner four, when I realize, oh, this is really a true, honest connection here right now, I celebrate that. I'm thankful for that moment and I try to recognize what that energy feels like. And, and I want to kind of figure out how can I be here? more often than not okay so it's kind of a way to train your brain this is really what you want to feel right so even though you think that being alone or um, you know those corner three things are going to help you feel good this is really what makes you feel good Alright, right so so in essence you're being responsible for your freedom being responsible for your freedom because you get to choose which corner you're going to be at. Don't let it be by default. Let it be by design. And you can do this right in the moment. OK? OK, I'm just looking at the time. I thought, I, when I was putting this together, I thought, oh, 20 minutes tops, um, and and we'll be done. But I, I see the time is 827 now. Um, I actually uh, have a, an event today, so I need to get going, um, but again, a huge thank you to those of you who have emailed me your questions. Um, some of them I'm still kind of uh, thinking through, and I will hopefully get to those this weekend. Um, others of them, I'm, I'll am i probably send you a short reply, and then I wanna make sure that I, I reach your topics on other calls that we do, okay? So um, if you have questions, especially, If you want to share kind of an aha, whether it be, you know, after the call or maybe you let this sit with you for a little bit and email me later and say, oh, my gosh, Michelle, this was great. I really took this and I practiced this and this is what I thought. I would love to hear that. Um, One of the things when you're doing this kind of work is, of course, I I shoot and desire to bring you excellent material, um, but I don't know if it's excellent unless you tell me. So um, you may email me at growbyone at gmail.com. You can certainly text me at 989-289-8700. And especially for those of you I'm going to see today, this weekend, or even next week, um, come up to me, tell me what's going on. I would love to hear your voice, and for some of you, Um, I've never actually personally met, so I'd love to hear your voice and see you at the same time. Okay? So with that, I'm going to release you all. Um, Go have an awesome Friday, and we will touch base with you next week. So I'll go ahead and unmute so you can say goodbye to one another. All right, everybody, have an awesome Friday. You take Thank out so much. (laughs) Thank you. Bye.